All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am joined by Tori McElhaney of The Athletic. And she is going to talk with me about the two newest Falcons and running back Mike Davis, as well as outside linebacker Barkevius Mingo, as well as what is left to do for the Falcons as they fill their needs in free agency and the draft. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalFans.com. R.I.P. Still going strong on Twitter at FalFans. And, of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode, I am joined by Tori McElhaney of The Athletic. We have Tori coming back to the show sort of to give us an update on ongoing free agency. And unfortunately, the Falcons finally made some moves in signing running back Mike Davis, as well as outside linebacker Barkevius Mingo. We'll get Tory's thoughts on those two players, what their roles will be in Atlanta, and whether or not that will impact some of the decision-making that the Falcons have coming up for their upcoming draft class. And getting into the draft, we'll sort of get Tory's thoughts on what the Falcons are likely to do with that number four overall selection, we'll get into Tory's thoughts on what are some of the more prominent needs left remaining for the Falcons to fill, not only looking towards the draft, but also with some of the remaining dollars that they may have in free agency. But without further ado, let's sort of get into that conversation. All right, guys, you're locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by my guest, none other than Tori McElhaney of The Athletic, who covers the Atlanta Falcons. Tori, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's always good to be back. Now, Tori, I initially thought when I scheduled you for this episode, I would just sort of come in here and pepper you with draft questions and try to figure out what the Falcons' exact draft strategy will be based off of their lack of activity in free agency. But then on Tuesday morning, they made a couple of moves. And it seems like so far the Falcons free agent strategy has sort of mirrored exactly the last time when you came on the podcast and talked about what it would be, which is signing a bunch of guys to sort of cheap one-year deals, avoiding any sort of big splashes. So I imagine with the moves that the Falcons have done, including today's signings of Mike Davis and Barkevius Mingo, everything has gone according exactly to the plan that you laid out earlier this offseason. So I guess my question is, has there been any surprises for you thus far with the Falcons offseason? The only thing that really surprised me was Matt Ryan's restructure. I think that that contract restructure, I was leaning more towards doing that for Grady Jarrett. That, that was what I was thinking. That's where I thought that the Falcons was, that, that's where they, I thought that they were going to get majority of their money back. I thought that's how they were going to get under the cap. But then they go and do the, the contract restructure for Matt, and that's, you know, <laughs> fourth time and however many in like recent years that he's had his contract restructured and so that to me was the most surprising move every other move in free agency whether it be even Jake Matthews contract restructure the guys that they've picked up I know we're talking to Eric Harris a little later to this afternoon um all of those contracts kind of like what you were saying with like you know fairly cheap veteran deals um, where that, that was exactly what I was expecting. Um, it was Matt Ryan's restructure that really kind of caught me off guard a little bit because 
initially I thought that that really did take drafting a quarterback at number four out of the picture and out of the equation. Um, now I'm not really sure. I, I almost still feel like the Falcons are still very much a wild card in this draft. And, and so um, that was the biggest surprise for me, though. Yeah, I do want to circle circle back to that topic uh, later on today's episode because of a sort of where it seemed like things were going with the Falcons draft plans and now sort of where those things stand. But I do want to get a little bit deeper into Mike Davis as well as Barkevius Mingo and sort of what their roles with the team as well as how that could potentially impact the Falcons draft as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons here with Tori McElhaney of The Athletic. But before we get there, guys, it is March, and that means that March Madness is in the air, and it's time to figure out which Built Bar flavor is the best. All month long, Built Bar is unveiling their bracket for the best flavor with daily matchups between top flavors, and you can pick yours at BuiltBar.com. If you don't know, Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bar on the market because they taste just like a candy bar, and Built Bars aren't just tasty. They're healthy, too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. You can build your own bracket or vote for your favorites by heading over to BuiltBar.com. Make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next flavor. Today's matchup features coconut almond versus cookies and cream. Coconut almond is a tried and true favorite in the Aaron Freeman household. Tastes just like an almond joy. It's my pick, but go ahead, pick your favorites by heading over to builtbar.com. And when you do make sure you use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So guys, I got you covered on everything you need to know about the Falcons. But if you're wondering who's got you covered for the rest of sports, of course, that's host Peter Bukowski, who has you covered on the Locked On Today podcast. It's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm here with Tori McElhaney of The Athletic, and I want to talk with her about the Falcons additions that they've made on Tuesday morning specifically. And, you know, I'm curious with Mike Davis, the running back that the Falcons signed to a two-year deal, are you sort of expecting him to have sort of a prominent role in a potential committee system for the Falcons? Where do you sort of feel like his role is going to be? And does this sort of lower the pressure on the Falcons to find a running back early in the draft in your eyes? I think it does lower it a little bit. I think I still put an edge rusher before I put a running back, especially now with Mike Davis, Mike Davis on the roster. But um, I still think that it, it's very much a possibility. I would say it, it, nothing really changes in my mind in terms of the Falcons still going after a running back in the draft. I still think that it would be really good to see them get some fresh legs in there. You know, Mike Davis is – I know he had – a pretty good year. He's on the rise after, you know, filling in for Christian McCaffrey with Carolina had a good year last year. Um, but he's still 28 years old and that's something you have to think about. And um, so I really do think that it would be fortuitous for the Falcons to draft a running back still. I think that still should very much be a part of the plan as far as what role I think that Mike Davis will have. I definitely do see it by committee, especially if you're looking at having, a young running back coming in, I think Davis could could be that veteran piece of the rotation. And whether or not that means he's RB1 or RB2 or where he falls in that, I think is very dependent upon who the Falcons grab in the draft. I think if they grab someone maybe in the second round, then you're looking at Davis coming in kind of as in a backup role. If they get further down into the third or fourth round, the guy needs some time to – 
uh, to let the game slow down for him a little bit, then I think you deploy Davis a little bit more. So I think it really does depend on exactly who the Falcons would target in the draft. Now, looking at Barkevius Mingo, he's been a journeyman in this league these last couple of years. The Falcons will be, I think, his sixth team in the NFL since 2016. Sort of what is the role that you're expecting from him? And do you feel like that has any impact on the Falcons draft plans as well? I was very interested in picking up Mingo. I thought that was a very interesting move. I don't know if it surprised me more so than I thought it was interesting just because, you know, they have gotten Copeland and they made that move last week. And and I still think, you know, in terms of linebackers, I love what I saw from Foyer this past year. I loved what I saw from Michael Walker. Um, Deion Jones, I think, did some good things. I feel like they're pretty stacked in in terms of where they see guys in terms of inside, outside linebacker. I think it's going to be a really – important piece to watch especially in training camp um but I see these guys kind of acting as kind of in that rotational role that I still feel as though that Foyer is kind of Foyer Dion Michael Walker are your three and then from there you're looking at depth behind them and so that's kind of the role that I see them taking on but you know the way that Dean Pease decides to look at this rotation is also I'm, I'm going to be very interested to like talk to Dean Pease again now that he has more of an idea of who he has at his disposal because the first time we talked to him he was like you know I haven't even really met these guys yet I, I, I really want to make sure that I'm coming up with a scheme that makes sense for the players that I have and so now that he has more of an opportunity to know like okay Here's the set of inside and outside linebackers that I'm going to have to work with. How do they fit where? I think that's going to be really interesting over the course of, the, you know, when we get into training camp and really breaking that down and seeing what that rotation actually does look like. Now, we've seen the Falcons sign four free agents, all of whom have that past experience with current uh, assistant coaches uh, here in Atlanta. Would you expect that trend to continue if the Falcons do wind up adding a couple more players uh, between now and the draft and free agency? Absolutely. I, I think that plays in such a huge role, especially because we have seen how the, the most recent pickups ha- have had connections with either the current staff or even Terry Fontenot to a certain extent. I know that was something that I was really interested about Eric Harris was that, you know, here's somebody who came from the CFL to the way he broke into the NFL was through the Saints. Well, Terry Fontenot was probably a guy that looked all over Eric Harris during that time period. So I think you look at it that way too. Like what are, what about these front office guys? How, how are they connected to some, to some guys that could potentially be on the Falcons radar? I think all, all of that plays into it. And I want to continue today's Lockdown Falcons here with Tori McElhaney of The Athletic and sort of get more into the Falcons' potential draft plans and whether or not quarterback is still potentially on their radar at the top of the draft. And we'll get into that as we continue today's podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL might be over, but... NBA, NHL, NASCAR, and FCS college football are all in full swing, and baseball's just around the corner. But of course, Bet Online is the best place for March Madness. Whether your bracket has been busted or you're just looking for a little bit extra money as we inch our way towards the Final Four, 
And not just that, BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine because BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Falcons draft plans, but if you want to get more of a deep dive, then you should check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, where hosts Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak have you covered for everything, including their latest positional rankings and analysis on the upcoming prospects in this 2021 draft, as well as team-centric guest mocks coming right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. So Tori, you know, I'm looking at this Falcons roster and, you know, I was hoping silly of me naively that the Falcons would be a little bit more proactive, sort of filling some of these needs that they would be able to go into the draft and really embrace that best player available uh, role. It doesn't seem like even though, even if the Falcons could make a couple more moves uh, between now and the draft, they're going to necessarily fill as many needs, but I'm looking at the roster and sort of more of the pressing areas that I would like to see the Falcons address. Maybe the backup quarterback, obviously, as you mentioned, a running back, getting some competition at that left guard position, maybe getting another backup there um, along the interior of the offensive line, uh, maybe getting another player up front at the defensive line, maybe someone that could potentially uh, push Tyler Davidson at that nose tackle position, getting another edge rusher, as you've mentioned, getting some more inside linebacker depth, a corner, maybe another free safety, another strong safety. Uh, I'm curious, listening to some of those positions, maybe there's another position that you sort of see, but basically I just went down, you know, 10 potential positions that the Falcons (laughs) could draft and they have nine draft picks as we sit here today. So it does feel like there's a potential that they could plug most of those uh, positions, uh, plug most of those holes in the draft. But I'm curious sort of, is there a position that sort of still in your eyes remains a a priority that this team is going to have to fill, uh, whether you think that's in free agency, whether you think that's in the draft this off season. I look at an edge rusher like that. That's to me because I, maybe it's because of the Falcons history with edge rushers, you know, in recent years and not being able to hit on an edge. And I just think the pressure's on for Terry Fontenot to come in and create a different narrative around that position. And that's what I would really like to see more, almost more than running back, almost more than quarterback. I mean, I know everybody wants to talk about the quarterback position. Everybody wants to talk about that which we should talk about. That's definitely something that's going to come up. But to me, if I'm looking at the draft and I'm also looking at free agency, I think it's a lot easier for the Falcons to go into the draft and draft an edge rusher pretty high because I don't know if they have the money in free agency. Actually, I do know they don't have the money in free agency (laughs) to go get a a top edge rusher that's going to come in and be able to make a significant impact that the Falcons very much need an edge rusher to make. So that position to me is the one that I weigh very heavily. Um, In terms of free agency, I think it would be good for the Falcons to, when you're looking at the secondary, I think free agency is where you go to fill the secondary. Uh, Just because I think there are some good options out there in free agency, especially some options that maybe teams are overlooking 
Um, I think there are a lot of options that would be willing to sign those one-year deals of which we've been talking about. Um, so th those are the positions. It's really fun because sometimes I just sit down and I go through all the needs that the Falcons have, and it's like, okay, I think this position works better free agency. I think this one works better in the draft. And, I mean, I, I know that's what the, the front office, are, they're doing every single day and readjusting and rethinking of new ideas. So it's going to be something that I think comes down to the wire in terms of their draft decisions, and it'll probably change day up. Now, um, we so you already touched upon this earlier on today's episode, but I want to sort of pick your brain further on sort of what the Falcons could wind up doing at the top of this draft. And it seemed like the last time I, we spoke, you know, you and I were on a similar page in terms of the Falcons potentially drafting a quarterback at the top of the draft. As you mentioned, they then restructured Matt Ryan's contract and your initial reaction seemed to be that that ruled out quarterback at the top of the draft, but seemingly maybe you've backed off a little bit on that perspective since sort of where do you stand on the team's plans in the first round, whether that means staying put at four, maybe that means moving back in the draft, sort of what based off of, you know, a week into this free agency or less than a week into free agency, where do you sort of see what has sort of shifted for the Falcons as far as their draft plans go? I think that we have in my head shifted away from taking a quarterback at number four. Um, did I still do that in our staff-wide mock draft that ran today? Yes, because I love chaos and I want people to subscribe <laughs> to read this stuff. So, yes, I did do it for the, the mock draft. But in the future, as in tomorrow, I'm running a story on exactly why the Falcons should or should not trade back. And that is the, the situation where I think I am leaning more towards right now is because they need to accrue more draft capital. I do think that they need to do that because of how many needs that they have. So when I'm thinking about it, I think, and this is something that I wrote, but I think Detroit would maybe be a good option to trade back. You're getting back to number seven. Um, and then I, I think Detroit would be willing to maybe look at a quarterback at number four. So I like that idea a lot. Um, I, I, I just like the idea that the Falcons could still pick a quarterback high. You could go for somebody like a Mac Jones if you move back a little bit. Um, I don't think it has to be a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields. I do think the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback. I don't 100% think that it's going to be at number four, especially now that we know that <laughs> what Matt Ryan's cap hit is going to be in 2022 and 2023. So it, it just makes it really difficult for me to justify bringing someone like that in at number four and having him sit for probably two, maybe even three years. But, again, I don't completely rule it out. I mean, they absolutely could figure out a way financially that it makes sense to where they sit in behind Matt Ryan for a year and then they find a way to maybe, you know, cut Matt Ryan or, or trade him away or whatever, and it makes sense financially. I don't see how yet, but, you know, maybe something could come up. Yeah, I think that's the interesting wrinkle with this new regime because we don't have a precedent of sort of what their tendencies are. And so – your guess is as good as mine. And it's just like, well, you know, one day I wake up and it's like, oh, they'll take a quarterback. The next day it's a tight end. Next day it's an offensive lineman. Next day they'll trade back and, and, and get a pass rusher or whatever the case may be. So it's it's just kind of throwing a lot of things at the wall, at least from my perspective. And something will eventually stick, but we probably won't find out for another five weeks or so. Is that yeah. how you feel? Yeah. 
Oh, that's absolutely how I feel. I was telling some of my friends the other day, I was like, I really don't know what the Falcons are going to do. Like, and I think, I think the Falcons are still trying to figure it out too. Like, so that makes me feel better. That Like, I'm still like, okay, what the heck are they doing? Because I think they're still trying to figure out what the heck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Tori, since you've been pretty spot on so far with at least the overall strategy, any sort of, uh, dart throws you could you could throw out there for the listeners that maybe we should keep our eye out between now and uh the end of this offseason oh man I think I keep going back to the whole idea of maybe picking up some more safety help um I think that they probably will sign maybe a couple more um secondary free agents I think that that makes sense for what the Falcons need right now and also how much money they have to spend um, I think they're going to have to be working really hard to get enough money even for the draft. So keep an eye on that, too. Keep an eye on maybe somebody else getting a contract restructured, somebody getting an extension, i.e. maybe Grady Jarrett. Like, So I think these are things that could potentially come about because the Falcons do need a bit more money. So those are kind of some of the things that I'm looking at now. It's like, okay, we're one week into free agency. You've restructured Matt Ryan. You've restructured Jake Matthews, who else can provide you more of a means to get more money? Because <laughs> that's, that's going to be super important. Um, and then also thinking about, okay, how can the, how many different options are there for the Falcons to sign these one-year veteran minimum guys? Because that's where they're going to be able to fill the team in general. So that's all the things I'm thinking. I'm all over the place. But hopefully over the next couple weeks, maybe once we get even like the week of the draft, I'll be able to be like, all right, Here's what I think the plan is. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that the fact that the Falcons have seemingly stayed away from Grady Jarrett's uh, extension and restructure is because they are planning on extending him and using that money to sign their rookies. And now that Leonard Williams signed that big contract with the Giants, they now kind of can say, okay, well, we'll just give you a little bit more than the Giants gave Leonard Williams. And that makes that whole situation easier and and less of a of an issue than the last time they were looking to sign Grady Jarrett to a big contract and it was went down kind of to the wire there so we'll we'll see how that goes but uh you know at this point in time I I, I try to lower my expectations with the Falcons <laughs> and even then it's difficult to even you know it's not to say that they're doing bad things but it's just like I I just can't have any expectations for what the Falcons <laughs> are going to do at this point moving forward so We'll see. I feel the exact same way. It's all good. (laughs) So, Tori, you mentioned sort of already some things that you have upcoming on The Athletic in the coming days and weeks. So go ahead and and plug your stuff. Yeah. So y'all can find me at Tori underscore McElhaney on Instagram. Um, Instagram. Twitter. (laughs) What the heck? Twitter. Gosh, it's one of those days. We're a week into free agency. It's just one of those days. (laughs) So at Tori underscore McElhaney on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram too, but I don't do a lot of sports stuff over there. So, Um, And then of course on The Athletic, we're running a promo actually right now. You can um, sign up as a new subscriber for $1 a month, which is actually a pretty good deal. um, If I do say so myself, even though I work for the company. Um, So make sure and check that out especially as we're kind of getting into all the weeds of free agency, the weeds of the draft. I know I have a mock draft that a full seven round mock draft that'll be running next Monday. So make sure and check all of that out. All right. Absolutely. Uh, Tori, appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights. And uh, hopefully, you know, at some point 
this off season, we will have figured out everything that's going on. And we'll be like, yes, this is exactly what's going to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. I appreciate you uh, sharing your insights into that uh, to, to help me out at the very least. If, if I can offer you absolutely no help, it's a one-sided deal on my part. But uh, I'll take it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And anytime you want to have me on, just let me know. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank appreciate you. It. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. All right, guys. Tori McElhaney of The Athletic giving you her insights into it, you know, and, you know. I remember when Tori came on in February and I was like, she's like, they're going to sign one year deals and they'll avoid big cap space. And sort of, you know, when they get free up cap space in the future, a year or two down the road, then they'll be able to make some of those splashes. And I was just sitting there and just like, whatever, salary cap's a lie. That's not going to happen. The Falcons can make some big, you know, exactly what she said. So uh, shout out to her on being 100% accurate on it. And I echo her sentiments of, wanting to see this team go out there and, and add some more safety or corner help. You know, I'm estimating right now after these Davis and Mingo deals, the Falcons have a little shy of $1.5 million in salary cap space, which will allow them to basically sign three or four players to veteran minimum contracts um, uh, before they ran out of money completely and basically had to just completely wait until the draft uh, or after the draft um, to free up more money to sign their rookies. So if I'm hopeful, you know, maybe one of those, if we're talking three players, like two of those guys are in the secondary, like a, a corner and another safety looking at you to Sean Gibson. Um, and, you know, maybe the third guy being a backup quarterback since, you know, maybe, I don't know, just you want to have more than, two rookies in camp with Matt, Ryan, Like, I don't know, just Matt Barkley. I don't know somebody like that. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and, um, yeah, guys, we got more input from today's moves or yesterday's moves. As most of you are listening to this with Mike Davis and Barkevis Mingo, as I was able to have a conversation with Lauren Cox, the host of the locked on bears podcast about those two players. In addition to me sharing some insights into the, one of the newest Chicago Bears signings in Desmond Trufant over on the Locked on Bears podcast. So definitely check that out. And tomorrow's episode will feature sort of Lauren's insights into those two players. And, you know, should we have hopefully other moves to talk about, we'll get into that on tomorrow's episode. But otherwise, we'll probably talk a little bit more in depth about Davis and Mingo and what they bring to the table once I go through the film with a fine-tooth comb. And you guys will also have an opportunity to ask questions um, and you can send those questions in whether it is a question about something that, uh, you know, the Falcons have done already this off season, an observation, a criticism of something I have said on this podcast in the past, or something that you want me to talk about in the future. Of course, you can send all that feedback to me on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to lockdown Falcons at mail.com. Appreciate it guys until then.